0: book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator catch those springtime vibes all over arizona everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So we've got a couple questions today, actually three questions today. The first question is about some tough morning routines that they're struggling through. So I'm going to answer that question. And then Julie wrote in and actually asked, three questions that I'm gonna try to get through them all, but I don't know if I'll have time. The first question is about boys versus girls, the difference in raising boys versus girls, about their development, and different topics we might wanna bring up with our boys versus our girls, as well as stranger danger. She had some questions about that, and I don't remember what the third question is about. Oh, birthday parties. It was a question about birthday parties, so we'll see if we can get through all of those today. So first question is from Tracy, and she says, Hi, Erin. First, thank you so much for your classes and podcast. As first-time parents, my husband and I find your advice and parenting methods invaluable. We were both raised in authoritative households, but we want to change that with our son. So your techniques have really helped us put positive parenting into practice in our house. So I'm going to take a quick moment here because actually authoritative is what I teach. It's called authoritative or democratic style. So I think, Tracy, what you might be talking about is authoritarian. That's the parenting style that's extremely strict, high expectation, which is good, but also very little room for the child to have their own, some autonomy, their own ideas to make mistakes, that type of thing. So um, you, we positive parenting is a way of practicing an authoritative or democratic parenting style in a way that really gives the child some ownership of their own choices and teaches them about choices and outcomes and allows them to become much more successful and responsible and cooperative as they're growing up with us and going out in the world. So Tracy says, we've been using your methods for about six to eight months now, and they've helped tremendously with bedtime, compromise, transitions, avoiding power struggles, etc. One of the areas we're still really struggling with, though, is when we have to leave the house to get somewhere on time like school, an appointment, or a class. When we can take our time, he's completely fine. On days we have to be somewhere, we apply all sorts of techniques, choices for everything, including how, time, and this or that, contribution... He is responsible for his backpack, socks, shoes, and any appropriate toys for the outing positive reinforcement, coaching, I statements, and one, two, three magic. None of these are helping enough though because between every single step, example, between every item of clothing to get out the door, he does things like run away, roll around on the floor, stall on choices we give him, and on his worst days, he runs around throwing toys, jumping on the furniture and causing as much mayhem as he can. Those are the days I usually lose my patience and just force him to do the task or have him sit and hold him while he cries it out and will then do what we ask, sometimes. The routine ends up taking about an hour just to get him dressed, brush his teeth, go potty, and gather his things. It's become exhausting, unmanageable, and so frustrating, but we just don't know what to do. I don't like starting our day with so much stress and struggle, and it's extra shocking because the rest of our time is usually pretty carefree and fun. So here is that answer that I sent to Tracy. And the first thing is it's really good that most of the time things are going really well. So that's great, that's a great start and gives a lot of room for the positive feedback and positive reinforcement for those types of behaviors. So the first thing that I would do is do as much prep the night before as possible. Having the child pick out the clothes and the shoes the night before. So this way he knows exactly what he needs to wear and put on in the morning. Have his things gathered in his bag, etc. Cut down on those stresses. Make the morning as streamlined as possible. Have yourself ready to go before you have him get himself ready so you can keep him on task and use the choices. Yes, I know you've been using lots of choices, but he's already picked out his clothes, but do you wanna get dressed in your room or the hallway, sitting or standing? Also trying to make it fun. This is huge. This is much different than just you want to sit on your bed or on the floor. Do you want to jump on one foot while you put your pants on or sing a song? Make it a game. Same thing with brushing your teeth. Also do you want me to sing row 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 your boat or twinkle twinkle little star while you brush your teeth? Something like that. Be as silly as you want to be. Do you want me to flap my arms like a bird or jump up and down like a monkey while you brush your teeth? These will get him engaged in getting through that task. Do you think you can get dressed before I finish three rounds of row, row, row your boat? So you're asking him to kind of go with a, he's racing the clock in a way. This is a game. It makes it fun. These type of things. Then if it goes well, the next time you see if he can do it in the same or even faster than the time before. Kids love to do this kind of thing. The other thing you can do is have logical, positive consequences. This is when you give him a certain amount of time to get ready. If he's ready with time to spare, then he gets to spend that extra time doing something he really likes, such as playing with a particular toy, jumping on a trampoline, riding his bike around, riding a skateboard. I'm sorry, that would be something my son would do. He's probably a little young for that. Something like that. But once they're ready on time, they get that extra time to go do something fun. It's their morning before they have to get in the car. If you're ready early, we can spend the extra time doing X, whatever. Wow, you got ready so fast today that you've 10 minutes extra. You can spend your time jumping on the trampoline or whatever your child chooses, building with your blocks, drawing pictures in your picture book, doing your mazes, whatever it is that he would like to do. Now, there are times and there will be times that the choice is do you want to do it or do you want me to do it for you? And you may have to hold him to put on a shirt and that will happen. But It should become a rare occurrence because the smooth mornings will be more fun for him too, especially if he gets to do something fun once he's ready. Plus, he doesn't like those exchanges any more than you do. But when you do have to do it, if you keep the attitude of this has to be done because we have to go, not one of frustration or anger, it sends a message that, okay, mom means business and when she says it's time to get ready, then it's time to get ready. Now I used one, two, three magic for this. I know you said you tried that as well. You need to put your shirt on by the time I count to three or I'll have to do it for you. Now only do this if you're ready for him to bolt because you said he likes to run around the house, meaning he's blocked in the room or you're ready to get him if he does try to bolt. So you're standing in his doorway. And when push comes to shove, when the rubber meets the road, you're standing in the doorway. He won't be able to get out. I need you to start putting your shirt on by the time I count to three or I'm going to have to do it for you. Now, a few times of this, and it should dissipate very quickly because there's no fun in that game. If there's no running and chasing, that becomes fun. That becomes a game. So you want to make the games fun in a productive way where he's racing a clock or trying to get it done in three rounds or row 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 your boat rather than hey let's see if I can get mom or dad to chase me around the house and wreaking havoc so it's no fun to be held and have a parent dress you it's much more fun to race the clock or the song and then have extra time to do something fun to me there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being we all know the quality of the air in our home is important In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about Byheart? Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheartcom slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Okay, so then Julie sent in a couple of questions here. She says, I have a few questions or suggestions for podcast episodes. Now, I'm going to read the question and then give the answer because if I read all of her questions and then go back, we might get a little lost about what's the question and what's the answer to which question. So, her first question. The difference in expectation and the way we talk to girls versus boys, what to be aware of, what to avoid, and what to do instead, especially on people always commenting on girls' appearance. The grandparents are especially bad at this, as are strangers. And Julie asked some really great thought-provoking questions. I really love these. So this is a really big topic, and there's so much societal molding that goes on, a lot of it. Most of us are not even aware of, and I'm sure there's many things I say or do with my kids even that I'm just not aware of, but we're slowly becoming more awakened to this. But things like our expectations that boys be strong, especially emotionally, not show weakness, many of us still in subtle and unknowing ways set up these expectations. But vulnerability is strength, not weakness. And one of my favorite lecturers is Brene Brown, and she talks about vulnerability, vulnerability as a strength, vulnerability as being courageous. And I've really adopted that mindset. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable with other people, to show that we struggle or that we don't have all the answers or to put ourselves out there in honest ways and risk rejection. That is strength. It's weakness and ego that hides our emotions of fear or sadness or hurt. And instead, instead, a lot of times will come out as anger. Now, anger is a real emotion in and of itself and it has a valid place, but many times what's shown as anger is actually something else altogether different underneath because anger is seen as strong, masculine, and fear and sadness as weak and, or feminine. So in this area, I would say it's important to teach all kids about all the emotions, the broad spectrum of emotions, what they really look and feel like and are ex- looked like when they expressed, and that it's not just okay but healthy to explore, understand, and express the wide spectrum of emotions for both boys and girls. But just to be careful about not putting too much on our boys. For always being strong, never crying, never being weak, never being vulnerable. We want our boys to be vulnerable too and to show that because that is a strength. The other thing is this boys will be boys mentality and I think a lot of parents, teachers, and other experts are really working to change this but it's still pretty prevalent and that is that aggression and physical expression of emotion in an aggressive way is just boys being boys. Now, what I think or I hope was really meant by this is, or it should be meant, is that yes, boys do tend to be more physical in their play. They tend to play war, they tend to play fight, they like to play guns much more than girls do. That's a healthy expression and exploration of power dynamics through play, but the expression of anger and other strong emotions by trying to coerce, control through threats, intimidation, and physical aggression is not a good trait in anyone. It needs to be coached and taught that it's unacceptable under any circumstances, that we talk through our differences, we share our emotions in appropriate ways, and help work those things through with each other rather than constantly trying to get our way or coerce coerce others through acts of physical aggression or taunts or threats or intimidation. Now, on the other hand, it's okay for girls and women to be angry and show anger too. It's not unfeminine to feel anger and to need to express it, of course, appropriately with words and sharing of feelings, but and also working through it before we come back and talk to someone about it. It can be done with passion. It doesn't have to be kept under wraps. We can't be afraid to be seen as the angry woman or the emotional woman. Unfortunately, we get labeled as emotional if we have a a stronger emotion like anger that we share, and then we get called emotional. So we need to make sure that we're really paying attention to that. One thing I've really noticed in our house It's my daughter's propensity to apologize for everything. It's something I hear women do a lot too when I'm out and around town. A lot of women seem to apologize for their very existence. If they're standing or walking where I wanna go, they apologize. My daughter does this not just for being in a spot when I'm wanting to go there, but for every little imperfection. And I don't know where she gets it from. I don't know if she gets it from her peers because I definitely don't do that. But women and girls should never apologize for existing or taking up space. They and we deserve to be here, to take up space, exist, and to matter. And as a matter of fact, we more than deserve it. The world needs us. There's no need to apologize. Bumping into someone, sure. Stepping on their toes, sure. But not when they come around a corner and you're already there doing your own thing and looking for something at the grocery store and you realize they'd also like to be looking at the same space. You were there first. Finish up and then move over a bit if you can and make some space. But definitely don't apologize for being there and existing and having needs that may coincide with someone else's. That's okay. So teaching your daughters this, that they're needed, they're wanted in the world, that they are expected to dream big, set goals and go after them and be bold and unapologetic about it. When it comes to girls and look, so let's pull that apart a little bit. I'm gonna start with boys. I think we need to stop and think, how would we treat a boy the same age in the same scenario, or how would we expect that boy to be treated in the same age in the same scenario? I tell my sons they're handsome or they look handsome when they're dressed up or when they've done their hair, and of course I do the same for my daughter. I realize it's not yourself as the parent that you're trying to navigate this question, but I think that's a place to start. So you might wanna think about or take note of what this person has either said to your son if you have one, what you would expect that um, person to say to a boy if there were one there, or if what they have said to another boy who's also around, or what you think they might say to a boy in the same scenario. So this is a common exchange where boys are asked about school and hobbies and girls are told their dress is pretty or the ribbon in their hair looks nice. So. The best thing to do in these scenarios is to be prepared with what you think is the best conversation topics, and if your daughter is old enough, you can coach her, or if she's young, you can help her out. You can teach her things like, thank you, and I'm reading this book about whatever, or math is my, f-, or, you know, to, to respond kindly, thank you very much, I I really like it too. Did you know that math is my favorite subject in school and we're currently working on exponents? It's really fun. Or you can step in and say, you know, Chelsea is also a really amazing gymnast. She just advanced to level three. Perhaps you'd like to ask her about that. Or Chelsea just got into the highest reading group in class. Maybe you'd like to ask her about the types of books she likes to read. You, you can help them, give them a conversation starter to talk with your daughter about subjects that are so much more than just about how she looks on the outside. Okay, so here's the second question from Julie about speaking to strangers. How to handle the fine line between stranger danger and it's polite to say hello to people. Now, before I read the rest of Julie's question, I wanna give a quick warning that if this is a topic you prefer to share with your child in your own way, in your own time, and you have young ears listening, you may wanna turn this off and listen later or find some headphones since my answers may contain details that you prefer to share in your own way and time. Okay, so Julie's question continued. I don't remember hearing the subject of stranger danger on any of your episodes, so anything touching upon this topic would be great, especially on how to handle it from very young ages and on up. It's quite confusing that we teach kids not to talk to strangers, but then tell them at the same time by having them say hello or respond to someone's question. So another great question from Julie. So first... Julie, you're absolutely right, I have never covered stranger danger, and it's not that it isn't a good topic to cover, but here's the reason why I haven't. Because strangers are generally and statistically not the danger. 98% of children are molested and assaulted by someone they know and trust, and usually who even the family knows and trusts. The offending adult puts the child and the adult through their grooming process, and this I have covered in episodes in the past, And it's just a really important topic. So this is where parents really need to be aware and focus, aware of what a grooming process is and what it looks like, aware that the nicest, most upstanding of community members can be the very ones from whom they need to protect their children. So this is the reason I've just not covered stranger danger. Are there some dangerous adults out there? Absolutely. But your child has a much higher chance of being hurt in a million other ways, such as a trusted adult, a bicycle accident when not wearing a helmet or an improperly fitted or fastened helmet, an accidental drowning, a car accident, among many, many other dangers, which uh, I've covered all of those. So they have much higher chance of that than being assaulted or abducted by a stranger. That doesn't mean this isn't a topic we shouldn't cover. So I still think it's a great question. And I worked with children through a counseling agency and several of my patients were children who were victims of sexual assault. And yes, by people known and trusted by them or in the community. So, but this still is a conversation that we do need to have with our kids about stranger danger. Just make sure you're also covering Talking about adults they know and trust, looking out for that grooming process, and making sure that your child knows anyone, whoever tries to touch them in a way that is uncomfortable for them, it is okay, not just okay, but they need to say no and come get you. And if they are ever touched, there is no, to not have any shame about it, that it's not on them, it's on the adult, and that they still need to come to you because you need to protect them and make sure that that adult does not have access to them anymore. So now let's talk a little bit about stranger danger. How do we talk to kids about that piece of it but still teach them the social graces of being polite? So this is something I have talked with and coached my kids about ongoing many times over the years along with talking about the whole body autonomy like I just covered anytime anyone tries to touch them in a way that makes them uncomfortable coming to me, etc. So Here's what I do with my kids, here's what I would say. You want to teach kids to be friendly and kind, but with limits. It's nice and it's polite to say hello to someone if you feel like it or you feel compelled or if they say hello first, that that is a social grace, and expectation, but also setting boundaries around it all. So when they're little and they're out in public, they hopefully are always in eyesight of a parent or a caretaker. They can slip away, and they do, and you want to teach them how to safely find their way back to you. Like If they're at the mall, they can go to mall security or a store clerk or some such person if they get separated. You can also teach children it's okay not to trust strangers. It's nice to say hello especially if they're standing right by mom that's fine but trust is earned in any life capacity not just with kids even with adults right we don't trust people with our feelings or our secrets before they've earned it as a woman we don't go on a first date in a car you meet them there you get to know them like there's a lot of boundaries we put up around nowadays you know you go into a bar you don't accept a drink from a stranger either there's just a lot of boundaries we have to put up trust is earned And being polite doesn't mean that you put your own health and safety at risk. And these are conversations that parents, especially parents of girls, are going to have to have with our children as they age also. So I tell I have told my kids about the ploys that child abductors often use, which is anything to entice them away from safety and especially into a car. I tell them to never get near anyone's car. If they ask for directions, it's not rude to just walk away. If they feel uncomfortable, you know, a, a good adult. I tell my kids this too. I said any adult who has a decent understanding will not be asking a kid for directions or asking their kid a kid to come closer to their car. I can't hear you. If someone's telling you that, either they're just completely oblivious or they're dangerous so you need to get away and so it's okay to say either just walk away and say nothing or say I don't know I'll go get my mom as they quickly walk or run away. I tell my kids never believe anyone who promises anything toys candy puppies over here or come look in my car they know to just turn and run or to back away quickly if they're close so they keep their eye on them just back away so you know unfortunately these are conversations that we need to have with our kids. unfortunately need to know that the world isn't safe and everyone isn't always nice and and I wish we didn't have to have these conversations but we do and so these are the kinds of conversations you can have and then you want to use while you're out and about situations just to coach them so if a nice seeming person comes up you're in the grocery store and they say hi how are you or that looks like a cool truck. You can teach your child how to be polite and respond, but then also just that they need to stay by you or that you know you can teach them some boundaries around that. So uh, again, Julie had another great question about birthday parties, but I'm gonna get to that one next week. If you'd like to check out the classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com, there are over 50 classes in the areas of positive discipline, development and health, like common milestones, ways to support your child's development, all kinds of areas, things like sleep and bedtimes and good healthy eating habits, educational concerns like finding a preschool, how to find a good preschool, what to look for, and then the modern parenting section covers all kinds of areas in the modern parenting realm, like media, responsibility, Also, any membership comes with the ability to send your questions in directly. It's on a form on the membership side. It comes straight to me, and I get those answered within 48 hours for any of our members. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.